Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective, featuring the friars from St. Patrick Church in Columbus. And now, Dominican Dimensions. Welcome to the Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. Today I'm joined in the studio by Brother Paul Marich. Let's begin with a prayer. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our topic today is a Jubilee year. Brother Paul, I understand we have a Jubilee year coming up. Yes. Well, it it might be hard to believe because uh, many of our listeners, and myself included, I'm sure you, Father, remember the great Jubilee of the year 2000 at the right. turn of the millennium. And it was a great time of celebration, and it's it's kind of hard to believe we're we're coming upon a quarter century <laughs> since that took place. That's and it's, true. And it's time now for another ordinary jubilee. Uh, many of, and I'm sure many of our listeners remember, just back in 2016, we had the Jubilee Year of Mercy, mm-hmm. but that was an extraordinary jubilee. So we'll talk a little more how that happened in the historical development. But uh, just recently, on the Feast of Our Lady of Lords, Pope Francis issued a letter uh, to the president of the Pontifical Council for the promotion of the new evangelization, ushering in, beginning the process for Jubilee 2025, the Hmm. next ordinary Jubilee year. And even though we're here pretty much at the beginning of 2022, the Holy Father is starting the process and encouraging members of the faithful to get ready for this next Jubilee year. Right. So what what would be the historical background of a Jubilee year? What does that mean? How far back does that go? It goes back to Old Testament times, to the mm-hmm. book of Leviticus. So the the concept of a Jubilee is very, very old. So in the, in the scriptures in Leviticus, we find that years were calculated uh, in sets of seven, seven sets of seven. So that gets you to 49 years. And then the 50th year would be a Jubilee. So mm-hmm. this was a special... Uh, it was in many ways it was seen as a year of favor. It was seen as a year of of the canceling of debts mm-hmm. that would be ha- held every fifty years uh, in the time of under when the people of Israel were under the law of Moses. So that's the the scriptural background, and and it often had to deal with perhaps debts of one you know dealing with one's land or property, mm-hmm. uh, but. Uh, over time, or this concept of a jubilee, this canceling of debts, was then also associated with the very concept of forgiveness. Because mm-hmm. what is the what is God's forgiveness of our sins? It's the canceling of a debt that we owe to Him, right. you know, for right. our wrongdoing to Him. So, what we then start to see in Christianity, but not you know, not in early Christianity, the first Christian jubilee doesn't happen until 1300. So mm. if you want to think about it, there is this long passage of time from the time of Moses all the way to 1300 years mm. after the time of Christ. Pope Boniface VIII initiated the first Christian jubilee. Now, it was at a time of you know just a lot of suffering going on in Europe at the time, and 
there was uh, we hadn't hit the, the Black Death yet, but uh, mm-hmm. there were issues with some minor plagues going on and and different epidemics. So mm-hmm. it sounds very familiar to our own time in which we live. And Pope Boniface VIII saw the importance of have, setting aside some time in the year 1300 to be uh, a time for coming to Rome on pilgrimage, and it would be mm. a special time for favor and and different indulgences that could be given for the faithful who made pilgrimage. Hmm. Pope Boniface initially had the idea that this would be something every 100 years. Mm-hmm. So a little different from the biblical concept of 50. But a lot of people like this idea of, oh, I could, get, <laughs> I could get an indulgence, you know, go on pilgrimage, there's something special. So it ended up being a practice of every 50 years. And then people really liked it. And so that's where pretty early on we've gotten to our, our current practice of the Christian Jubilee and the Jubilee, which you know is only celebrated, to my knowledge, in the Catholic Church, but every mm-hmm. twenty-five years. Mm. And so, uh, you know, they're always you know when you figure on the century mark and the twenty-five mark, the fifty mark, and the seventy-five mark, those are your right. ordinary Jubilee years. Hmm. Right. So it's celebrating going back to the very birth of Christ, then mm-hmm. the very beginning. Of, right. And, of the, and and the Jubilee year will will typically encompass a liturgical year, more or less. It'll open uh, usually on Christmas Eve uh, or sometime around, you know, around the time of Christmas, and it'll go through the Feast of the Epiphany the following year. So you actually mm. get, you know, technically... A little extra. Yeah, it's about a year and, and two <laughs> weeks when all of a sudden... But, you know, perhaps the greatest symbol that we're now familiar with of the Jubilee year is the Holy Father opening what's called the Holy Door mm. at St. Peter's in Rome. And if anybody's been to St. Peter's at Rome... Outside of Jubilees, you know, you've probably seen, you know, you have a couple of doors you could go into the Basilica, but there's one door you cannot go in mm. in ordinary times because that's the, the holy door, and it is only mm. opened during Jubilee years. Mm. But what the church in her, the treasury of the church in granting indulgences has has declared that, you know, going through that holy door, that is that is where one of the a member of the faithful can receive. The Jubilee indulgence. So that is, you know, St. Peter's holy door. That is, you could say, the holy door. Um, <laughs> right. But then, um, you know, as we'll talk about with uh, a little later in our program, you know, that uh, the mercy of the church has expanded so that, you know, there are many churches that have many holy doors where you could gain right. the indulgence in, in case you can't get to Rome. And that would seem to connect to pilgrimage because usually yes. you, when you go on a pilgrimage, you choose a destination mm-hmm. and kind of the the culmination of the pilgrimage is to arrive. I know right. when I went on a very short pilgrimage on the Camino of Santiago de Compostela, just the last hundred kilometers, mm-hmm. you know, the culmination is when you arrive finally after walk. in this case only for about a week, you right. know. Um, but you arrive and you see this church you've been waiting to see and you go inside the church, you know, as, as a pilgrim. That's kind of the culmination. So the holy door yes. is, is open so that... It goes all the way back to that Pope Boniface mm-hmm. in the thirteen in thirteen hundred. You know, yes. making a pilgrimage to Rome. Yes, but I guess there's other doors that that can be opened as well. I remember when I was a uh, I was a transitional deacon, like you are now, right, right. Brother Paul, uh, in the year two thousand. And my summer assignment then was at St. Thomas Aquinas in Charlottesville. Okay, and that, it was a little unusual, but they made a little door. Just mm-hmm. it was just a door right. <laughs> set up in the in the vestibule of the church where you could just like walk right through it. But the idea was that, um, and that was the Jubilee door. The idea yeah. was that most people can't make it all the way over right. Rome, right. you know, but everyone can make it to 
a church in their own town or their city. Right. And that's, you know, what we see, like I said, you have at St. Peter's, that is the holy door. Mm-hmm. But all the major basilicas of Rome will also have a holy door designated at mm. you know, at those churches. And then usually in, in the cathedral church of any diocese, they're going to have a holy door. Mm. So you could see that as the holy door for the local diocese. Right. So that if you can't make it... Obviously, to Rome, maybe you could make it to your local cathedral mm-hmm. and walk through the holy door. And and the door is literally kept open the whole time. It's, mm-hmm. So it is a special um, – well, now, like maybe at a, the local cathedral, you know, during you know, the 24 years in between, it's it's going to be used regularly, you know, open mm-hmm. and closed. But during that jubilee year, it's usually going to be marked uh, with some type of symbol or maybe mm-hmm. some type of – uh, of decoration, and it will literally be kept open. And the the theology behind it, you know, what's the significance of a door? What is it, why would you get a don- uh, an indulgence for walking through a door? Well, it really is Christological. It goes to Christ, mm-hmm. seeing Christ as the doorway to the Father. You know, that mm-hmm. Christ has come, you know, that in a way the, the wound, the open wound on his, on his side mm-hmm. is the doorway, you know, for the, that was, uh, you know, opened at his passion when he was, uh, pierced with a lance, but that's a sense a doorway into our salvation. And so right. there's always significance about the door of the church. You could even think about when we walk into the door on a regular Sunday, you know, we, mm-hmm. we bless ourselves with holy water. You know, there is a this passageway from the world into the sacred. Mm. So in the Jubilee year in particular, the symbolism of the holy door puts that focus, mm. you know, uh, or the focus is on that, on that symbolism that we could really see any time, but especially the Jubilee year. Hmm. Besides the cathedral, you may have also a number of other pilgrimage sites, maybe a shrine or if you have a minor basilica in your diocese mm-hmm. or just some other place, the bishop can designate that church as having a holy door. So as long right. as it has the local bishop's permission, which I'm sure the holy door at St. Thomas probably had mm-hmm. when uh, right. when you had it back in the, the great Jubilee of 2000. Yes. Yeah. So, so what 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 is the theme for this upcoming jubilee? Well, you mentioned pilgrimage, and the Holy Father has uh, de- de- uh, declared that the jubilee of twenty twenty five will be pilgrims of hope. Hmm. That's going to be our main theme uh, for the pilgrimage of twenty twenty five, and he's really putting that focus on hope, especially as we're coming out of this global pandemic. He mentioned mm-hmm. in his letter that you know no nation has gone. Uh, uh, you know, unaffected, you know, by the right. pandemic, and that, you know, by the time we get around to to the new uh, jubilee year, we're definitely going to be, you know, we're we're going to be people, you know, who why do we keep going? What's keeping us strong? It's going to be hope, mm. that virtue of hope. Oh, it's wonderful. You're listening to the Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. Today I'm joined in the studio by my fellow Dominican friar, Deacon Paul Merich, and we've been discussing the concept of a jubilee year, and especially this upcoming jubilee in the year 2025, whose theme is, as we just found out, uh, pilgrimage. Pilgrims of Hope. Pilgrims of Hope. So what kind of activities will do you think people will, will have or, or, or what will happen? Well, what do you think? Should we do a, a pilgrimage to Rome in 2025? I'm up for it. I'd be good for that, too. So. <laughs> yeah, so I, that is, uh, you know, uh, especially as, you know, travel restrictions are, are eased and people are going to be, you know, really, you know, wanting to get, you know, go on a perhaps a, 
international pilgrimage. Let's go to Rome. But, uh, you know, that's that's obviously the biggest pre- – in the Jubilee year itself, you know, because of the focus on pilgrimage, making a pilgrimage. And if you could make it to Rome, you know, that is always the um, – you know, considered the high point of a Jubilee year. And so back in 2016 when we had the – what was called an extraordinary Jubilee year, the Year of Mercy mm-hmm. – uh, I was able to go to Rome, mm-hmm. walk through the holy door of St. Uh, St. Peter's, and that was, you know, quite an experience. And there were yeah, – that, that was tied in with going to World Youth Day. So there were many Jubilee oh. years. I even remember at, at the World Youth Day site they had, a, you know, made a door. It was just basically a wooden frame, yeah. you know, but that they had designated as the as – the, uh, the holy door for World Youth Day because the Holy Father really wanted oh. everyone to – to get that indulgence, so that would be you know the major thing for for a jubilee year is having mm-hmm. a time of pilgrimage, whether it's to Rome, whether it's to some place uh, in the local diocese. Now there could be you know because there is a forget uh, an emphasis on uh, forgiveness you know with a jubilee year, the canceling of debts, the, mm-hmm. the receiving of an indulgence. You know there there could also be. A stronger emphasis on confession, maybe some type of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, you know you have. Uh, I remember during the Jubilee year of two thousand, uh, Pope John Paul did a, a special. You know, it was a service. It wasn't a mass. It was just a special service. Uh, but really, asking for the mercy for the the sins of the church during the past mm. two thousand years. So there is a heavy focus on on mercy, forgiveness. And, uh, and 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 reconciliation really during that jubilee year. So I think that could also be something. You know, we're in the early stages of planning, so we're not. It's not clear yet if we have a specific event. Mm-hmm. You know, that's either going to be done on the universal level or the or the diocesan level. But that wouldn't surprise me if mm-hmm. we saw some type of a uh, focus on on being reconciled to God and with one another. You know, during the jubilee year. Mm-hmm. Uh, now. What the Holy Father has called for, you know, that we're we're still three years away. Mm-hmm. We still have time, but there is this time of preparation. So there are many practical uh, preparations, you know, that are in, in store uh, for the Jubilee year. I remember hearing with Rome, you know, that they had to put in, you know, uh, they built like a big bus garage for the <laughs> Jubilee by St. Peter's <laughs> for the Jubilee of 2000 because they were expecting all these pilgrims. And they also put in a bunch of metal detectors at St. Peter's, but they never went until August. So, <laughs> you know, so much for having it ready for the the Jubilee year. But uh, what the Holy Father has called for, you know, there's, there's the, the the practical preparation that mm-hmm. places like Rome and also in local di- in local dioceses will have to do to prepare. But he also called for actually the year 2024. So that's only a couple years away, mm-hmm. the year leading up to the Jubilee. And the Holy Father asked that that year be a great, a, this is his word, symphony of prayer, a symphony mm. of prayer, mm-hmm. so that it could be a time of prayerful preparation for the Jubilee year. And I think that time, that year of preparation would really be that focus on what it means to be a pilgrim of hope, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, reeling off of, this is a very troubled time in our world. What is sustaining us? What's keeping us going? Mm-hmm. You know, it it would be hope. You know, and then and then maybe seeing. You know, can you make a pilgrimage either on an international scale or a more local scale? But making mm-hmm. a pilgrimage, you know, to make that planning, to make that preparation. You know, because I don't know. Nowadays, we could jump in the car or get on an airplane and be right. you know at our pilgrimage spot in 
you know, in a you know quickly. Whereas you know traditionally the sense of pilgrimage was you know a long journey. You know, you would be right. traveling by foot. You know, over miles and over wide stretches of land. Mm-hmm. So a pilgrimage encompassed, you know, really an investment of a lot of your time. Right. And I found too, whenever going on a pilgrimage or just even going on a traveling to another place, especially another country, I find that the more you prepare for it, mm-hmm. and especially by learning about the place you're going to visit, the significance of different places, you know, um, the history of different churches, the more you'll get out of it. Right. You know, um, like, you know, I just was able to go over to Rome recently for the canonization celebration of St. Margaret of Castello. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, it made it very, uh, it was, it was very significant, very emotional even to go to the town where Margaret was born to right. see the ruins of the castle. Right. Because I'd read her biography. I knew about her life. I could imagine all that must have happened there. And when yes. I went to the little oratory where, um, which is on the spot more or less where the family chapel was, where she was walled up in a little mm-hmm. cell next to the chapel. When I went to Costello, you, I mean, when you know about what happened to that saint or what you ha- what happened in those places, and you and you see those those places, there's a way in which it comes alive for you. Yes. Whereas if you didn't prepare at all, it's like, oh, this is here's another street, here's another right. little chapel, here's another ruin, you right. know. So I think that. That's an excellent idea when we're preparing for a pilgrimage, even just a spiritual pilgrimage, mm-hmm. you know, to, to make that preparation to, to reflect upon, you know, the theme of the pilgrimage or the destination where we're going to be going. And going to a place, you know, a lot of people could say, well, why do I have to go someplace, mm-hmm. you know, to get this indulgence or, or to receive special graces? Can't I just pray at home? And, and yes, mm-hmm. you can. You know, there are – and there are many practices where you can get an indulgence, you know, that even uh, – you know, where you may not have to leave your home. But the point is, you know, with a pilgrimage, it's very going to a place. Like you mentioned where St. Margaret lived, going mm-hmm. to a place. It's very incarnational because Jesus mm-hmm. Christ was born in time. He was born at a specific place. You know, mm-hmm. he's not a myth. You know, he's he wasn't born in Middle Earth, you know. Right. <laughs> even though so some of our Lord of the Rings fans may uh, – <laughs> Maybe maybe they 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 wish that was the case, but no, no. The you know Jesus was born in Bethlehem, you know, which is a city we could still go to. So that's why mm-hmm. you know really the first pilgrimages in Christianity were going to the Holy Land, going to those places that Christ actually walked. Right. And so that's and that's why pilgrimages have become so popular, you know, because we believe in the incarnation. Christ was you know, born in an, in an actual place. We could go to that place. Or the saints have lived in actual places. We can go to those places. And then, mm-hmm. you know, over time, as churches are built, as they become, you know, maybe they've housed relics of saints or maybe they've just become popular places of prayer. It's the significance of of going to that place. You know, I'm going to mm-hmm. make this this move, just like Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem, you know, for mm-hmm. the birth of Christ. So we could think of this time of preparation as like an advent for the Jubilee year, just right. as how in the advent season we're preparing. And, you know, it's not without coincidence that when will the Jubilee begin? It begins with Christmas, usually on Christmas right. Eve. So. Right. It's a very long advent yeah. for yes. the language. <laughs> were there any notable things that other things the Pope said in his letter about the uh, announcing the Jubilee? Pilgrims of Hope. Well, really, the um, you know he was you know talking about the uh, reflecting on the first twenty five years of this new century because he mm-hmm. refers back to the Great Jubilee of two thousand mm-hmm. and 
you know, that that's where I had to take pause for a minute. It's like, oh, my goodness, we're 25 years into, <laughs> into this new century. But, um, but you know, that was something that he, you know, also emphasized was that in the year 2025, being a quarter century in, you know, which – and that was the thing, making the historical reference to the Great Jubilee of 2000, you know, which mm-hmm. celebrated the two – not just a new century but a new millennium. But, you know, now 25 years in, taking a look because it's – it's been a troubled century so sure. far, you know, with oh, yeah. you know, with terrorism and war and pandemics and just other, uh, you know, troubles that that the global community has has suffered, and so that was another thing that he encouraged in that letter was you know using it as a time to reassess this new century, you know, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. as we're still, you know, maybe a quarter of the way in, but it's still early in, and how can we proclaim Christ, you know, mm-hmm. during this time. Another thing too. Now he doesn't mention this in the letter, but this would be another uh, practice, which is you know for the jubilee year, or what's very common. I've mentioned the indulgence, mm-hmm. and that's something that uh, I think what we would call the conditions of the indulgence. Those will be forthcoming in later mm-hmm. right. letters. But uh, traditionally, with the jubilee year, uh, you know, with with an indulgence, you know, what is an indulgence? Well, it doesn't mean you know, I could pay you know something and get my sins get out of purgatory card. You know, that's. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mistaken notion of indulgences, but um, but it is it really goes to an understanding of God's mercy and justice, and that we when we commit sin, you know, there is a temporal punishment for that sin, kind of like the scar that might remain remain even after mm-hmm. a, an actual wound is healed, uh, and and you know when we like we pray for the souls in purgatory, our Catholic belief in purgatory. Is that that would be the time when that scar, mm-hmm. so to speak, is uh, as we would as we would use that image of the scar. You know, when that temporal punishment would be removed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can also receive an indulgence. You know, where any temporal punishment is remitted. You know, here and uh, the church has many great indulgences, but there's something special about the jubilee year mm-hmm. because it comes only every 25 years, or you know, right. maybe like on occasion the special jubilee year of mercy. Uh, so usually the, the indulgence will entail, you know, either going on pilgrimage, going through the holy door, either in Rome or some other holy site that has a designated holy door, uh, and then that would come with the usual conditions, which of course is being, you know, having gone to confession mm-hmm. eight days before or after going to holy communion, and praying for the Holy Father's intentions, and then right. being detached from any sin. So this could also be a time like. You know, if we're struggling with some sin, if we have an attachment to sin, mm-hmm. you know, and I really want that indulgence, though, in the Jubilee yeah. year. Well, pray, you know, this would be a good time, you know, just for that spiritual renewal. You know, if there mm-hmm. is an attachment to sin, hopefully three years from now, you won't have that attachment. Uh, right. But but it is, um, you know, the, the great uh, gift of the Jubilee indulgence. And we'll see. There may be other other. Other means, or for people who can't travel, usually the Holy Father is very generous in mm-hmm. you know, granting the Jubilee indulgence through other means of devotions or, right. or practices for those who can't travel. Right. Yeah, I was I was speaking about that trip I took to uh, Castello and and Mercatello, the, the the two towns that Margaret of Castello lived in right. during her life. And uh, but as part of it, the last part of the trip, we did spend a few days in Rome, and so. Mm-hmm. I'd only been there once before when I was in college, you know, but it was neat to go back there. One thing that's always struck me in, in the in St. Peter's Basilica in the Vatican 
is that there's a statue of St. Peter. It's a bronze statue. Right. And one of his feet is extended. <laughs> Have you ever seen this? Yes. <laughs> now, unfortunately, you can't go up to it anymore. They've kind of walled it off. But it was a custom that when pilgrims would go to St. Peter's, one of the things they would do is they would touch St. Peter's foot. Right. And it's kind of amazing because when you look at it, all of his toes are worn off. Right. <laughs> so many people have made that pilgrimage, you know. So many people have come to St. Peter, um, you know, and, and, and it's very, in a way it's very humbling when you think about it's a little sign of the history of, of, of our faith. It's like um, so many people have, have made pilgrimages mm-hmm. throughout, throughout our, 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 our Christian history. So many people have, have brought their hopes sure. to Christ. So sure. many people, whether that's seeking healing or, or seeking mercy or seeking to do penance or something that they've been forgiven mm-hmm. of or, right. or just seeking to understand God. When I, when I was on the Camino um, of Santiago de Compostela, some people make it for religious reasons, but some people are kind of what they call seekers. Right. They're not sure what what their meaning is in life or their purpose, mm-hmm. but they're kind of, they decide to make this spoken page as a way of maybe just taking some time to find out. Sure, so, sure. So I have great hopes that this, uh, you know, this new Jubilee year will be a time for a lot of people who are, sure. who have hopes, you know, even people that don't have hopes that are all that concrete, you know, or people that maybe are not, that connected to Christ mm-hmm. or don't think they are, that it might be a time for them to, to find their hopes fulfilled in him. Right. To come to the, uh, to come to realize that, you know, to come to the foot of the fisherman, as yes. it were, you know, well, who I mean, himself had to make, you know, his own, his own, uh, you know, had his own troubles and his mm-hmm. own trials. And as you mentioned, St. Peter, the Holy Father even mentions that in his letter about visiting the relics of the apostles, Peter and Paul, because that's mm-hmm. why Rome did become such a big pilgrimage spot because the apostles were are buried are buried right. there and and there's always something significant about when you go to Rome what do you do you go pray before uh, the graves of the apostles right right I mean Saint Peter is is buried there right under the right yes. under the high altar yes. at the Vatican well good well to all of our listeners get ready. <laughs> 2025. You've got, you've got plenty of plenty of time to prepare, but it's a great it's a great thing to look forward to um, to plan whatever pilgrimage you might be able to um, to bring your hopes to Christ and realize that He is the fulfillment of all of our hopes. Thank you for joining us today for the Dominican Dimensions. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. I've been joined in the studio today by Deacon um, Paul Marich. Let's end with prayer, invoking the intercession of our holy founder, St. Dominic. O light of the church, teacher of truth, rose of patience, ivory of chastity, freely you have poured forth the waters of wisdom. Preacher of grace, unite us with the blessed. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dominican Dimensions is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820, Archives of Dominican Dimensions and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com. 